Welcome to another episode of Hoops Through Life, a podcast where we discuss the women's basketball collegiate recruiting process and transition from high school to college. I'm your host, Elspeth Bierman. I am super excited about our guest today. At the time of this recording, she is our first guest who has touched all three NCAA division levels, Audrey Cunningham. She played at the University of New Haven, which is D2, started her coaching career at the University of Maryland, Division I, where she spent two years. The first year, she was the recruiting operations assistant, and the last year, she was promoted to the director of recruiting operations. Then from 2016 to 2018, she was an assistant at Stony Brook, which is also Division I. And in 2018, she joined the NYU coaching staff, which is Division Three, as an assistant. She brings a wide range of knowledge and perspective to the recruiting process. Audrey, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Elle, thanks for having me. I think I need this. Uh, I'm going to snip that in my like... Uh... Put that on my LinkedIn or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me sound really official, so I'm going to keep that somewhere. <laughs> well, you are official, so there it is. But let's just get into it. So whenever you like give insight, I'd love if you could give your perspective from all of the levels that you've coached. Um, so yeah, so let's just jump on in. When you're interested in a potential athlete, where do you begin your evaluation? Can you just walk us through that process? Yeah. Um, I think this is a tough question because I think it's not one size fits all, right? Like every single person's recruiting process looks a little different in one way or another. Um, you know, sometimes, especially at a place like MIU, it may come from a coaching referral, right? That we heard word of mouth that we need to see a player. She, she's going to fit your program perfectly. Um, and that goes a long way, right? Like the coaches in, on every single program mean a lot to us. We build those relationships. We take those relationships really seriously. Um, so definitely from referrals, um, others come from emailing us and showing interest on your end. I think it's always really important to identify schools that you believe as a, as a student athlete that you'd be interested in. Don't just shoot an email to every single school in the country, <laughs> um, show a little personalization and do a little homework and see, you know, okay, NYU, it's a high academic school or Stony Brook, same thing, high academic. What are they known for? Um, what are their, you know, degrees that, that, that you may be able to excel in? Um, and then others, you know, I think we go to these tournaments that are amazing tournaments and there's a lot of players there. We may go looking for somebody or, you know, something in particular and then see somebody else, something else catches our eye. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's a, uh, you know, doesn't every single situation looks a little bit different for every single recruit, which is tough, right? It's not like there's a one track that everybody yeah. has to follow, right? Everybody's everybody's process looks a little different, I think. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that makes it hard for a lot of athletes and their parents to grasp is because I think about it as like snowflakes, like no snowflake is the same. Absolutely. And so everybody's recruiting process just looks so much different because there are so many different factors. Absolutely. Just just to consider. And you mentioned something about like getting emails. And this is a question that I've asked uh, everybody on the podcast, and it's been an interesting to hear their answers. So I'll ask you too. Sure. What do you think in your experience is the percentage of student athletes on your roster that reach out to you first, like initiate contact with you first versus you seeing them, you liking them and you reaching out to them? Oof, that's a that's a tough one. Um, on our roster at NYU, I would say it's a little bit different because 
NYU is so high academic. If you are sending us an email and you put in that subject line, an SAT score or, um, you know, a GPA that, that, that is high, that's going to stand out to us. Um, so I would say it's a little bit more probably on the D3 side, um, specifically for a high academic school, if, if you have that emphasis in that subject line. Um, for others, I would say it's a probably a pretty low percentage, right? Like we always do the homework after the fact. We're like, oh, I wonder if that kid ever emailed us and we'll go back and look. Chances are probably, but these coaches are getting a ton of emails. Um, I would say, again, using your coach, your AAU coaches as an outlet to reach out to those schools that interest you the most. Don't give them a list of 50, you know, 50 programs. It's just too much for your AAU coach, but give them a list of 10 that you're like, I, I can see myself here. Um, I think I would fit the program X, Y, Z. Um, I think that probably goes a little bit further than just mass sending these emails that a lot of times I think get, get pretty overlooked. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many of them. Yeah. And so like, I'm thinking specifically at like Maryland or Stony Brook, your recommendation is to like ask that AAU coach, would you recommend you reaching out? And then also the AAU coach or the high school coach follows up. Like, what is that? I guess how, how in those situations do you use the high school or AAU coach, not as a conduit, but kind of as a conduit for lack of a better word? Yeah, I think you definitely have to both show interest, right? Like if I get a call from an AAU coach, oh, Elle's really interested in in Stony Brook. And I'm like, well, I've never even heard from the kid, right? Like how, yeah. <laughs> how are they interested? So I think it is important for both kind of like touch points, right? Getting your AAU coach to reach out. Um, and then you following up, here's my schedule for next weekend, right? Here's my mm-hmm. updated schedule, right? I know what you're really interested in. If you're sending me your updated schedule, like, you know, those schedules at an AAU tournament change 25 times. So if you're yeah, sending me that do. updated, yeah. <laughs> right? If you're sending me that updated schedule. If you're like, hey, coach, I didn't, you know, wasn't sure if you saw my last game, but here are my quick stat line. Um, would love if you could make it to my next game, right? Those emails, if you have some persistency and have enough of them, they're gonna get noticed. It's like, okay, fine, this kid sent me like 50 emails. All right, let me check. Let me check her out. Let me stop by mm-hmm. a court, even watch a half. Um, and that's tough too, right? You never know when a coach is gonna show up is going to watch two minutes or a a whole game. You just really never know what you're going to get, which is, which is hard too. It's, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard process for everybody, I think. Yeah. And the, so there's the communication piece of just like making sure that you let that interest know, be known, but at, at the higher levels in which you've coached, you said that percentage of like reaching out first versus them seeing you, like mm-hmm. if you could put that even into a percentage just as a guesstimate, like what would you say? Oh man, maybe, uh, I mean, I think it's definitely under 20%. Maybe okay. that's, that's a little bit higher than I thought you were going to say, actually, maybe under 10, <laughs> maybe under yeah. 15, right. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's a pretty low percentage. I will say this too. I think also if, um, especially for a place like Stony Brook or, or NYU, I think it's a little bit harder at a, at a big institution like Maryland. But if you are really interested in that school, same thing, like you've narrowed it down to eight to 10 schools, I would try to go visit those schools, send the coach an email, say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm on campus today, would love to introduce myself or would love if you could just show me the, you know, your facility, not the whole campus. Don't give me a crazy tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like I'm on campus, I'm showing my interests would love to like even introduce myself. That's going to get their attention too. It's like, you're putting in the work on your side. 
it's not all on the coaches. You're also showing that interest and, and showing up at school and being like, okay, I've done the research here. I know this is a place I want to be. I'm going to go visit and make sure. How that much? Goes a long way. Yeah. How much advance notice would you give? About a visit? Uh, yeah. Even if you're like, oh, I'm just passing through. Or let's say you have an AU tournament somewhere yeah. and it's like, oh, MIU's right there or Sony Brooks yep. right there. I just want to kind of drive through. Yeah, I would I would give at least a week's notice just okay. so, you know, especially with the schedules that these coaches have. Some coaches leave days before, you know, so you just want to make sure they're actually on campus, right? If a, a tournament's on Friday, maybe they're leaving campus on Wednesday, right? And then you, you miss each other. So at le- I would say at least a week, but a, as far as a month, I would say, like mm-hmm. more than two months, they're probably going to forget or it's going to get, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But um, yeah, I would say in that like, one week to a month range of like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on campus. want to see if it aligns with your schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because I mean, again, like you never know what could happen. And sometimes it, it seems like, especially at, at bigger name schools, the athletes might think, Oh, the coaches are so inaccessible mm. in a way, because it's like, Oh, there are at such a high level and it's like, how could I ever even reach them? I mean, do you totally. think, do you, would you say in your experience and caveat, this is your experience. You're not speaking yeah. for every single coach yep, out yep. there, but in terms of like getting, getting a response back, like, would you say at, at that level, somebody is going through Cause a lot of times they have a recruiting coordinator on staff. So it's like, is there somebody responding to every single one of those kids or what does that process look like? Um, I, I wouldn't say every single email gets a response. I will say at a place like Maryland that has every single position, right. We have the, um, resources out the wazoo. There is somebody specifically that will be sifting through those emails. So I think it's important to, I've seen a lot of emails that don't just get sent to the head coach because a lot of times Brenda freeze, isn't going to you know look at every (laughs) single one of those emails. But if you see, see the assistants and the recruiting coordinator, right, maybe the recruiting coordinator will watch that video. If it sparks an interest, then send it to maybe one of the assistants, right? And then the assistant's like, hmm, let me go watch this kid. And then if it's worthwhile, I'll bring it to Brenda to go watch, right? Like Brenda's only right. going to watch those top kids. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, try to find the staff, see who would be watching those videos, or emails and responding, I would say that I don't, I don't think they always get a response. I think the staff at every single level tries to do a really good job of responding yeah. to every single kid, mm-hmm. but there's things that fall through the crack. I mean, we, again, we get a lot of these, some of them go to spam, right? Right, um, right. But that was one of my big responsibilities at NYU, especially kids that were reaching out to us, self-identifying a, a high, high institution, a high academic institution, um, I really tried to go through all those emails and videos and make sure we're not missing any single kid, especially if they're, they're reaching out to us. It's just very specific um, kind of niche uh, university. Yeah. Whenever you get into like high academic or something with a very specific program, it's like, Oh, you're, you're going to see those and you're going to respond. I know the last person I recorded with, she coached at my alma mater, which is, of also a very specific like yep. science-based school and and one thing that she mentioned and I think it was when we weren't recording so I'll say it now too is she said we they never lost a kid 
when it came down to like them choosing between them and somebody else, especially if they were interested because the program is so, so specific. Absolutely. So I I definitely see the difference, especially at a high academic, like, like NYU. So another, another big question that I get is like a recruiting timeline. So the biggest concern is like, well, am I behind? What am I, what should I be doing when? And so can you just, you don't have to go through the the whole timeline, but just (laughs) can you, can you speak a little bit about, or speak a little bit to like that concern of, oh my gosh, am I behind? I'm a junior and I want to play at Maryland or I'm a senior and I want to play at Maryland and just like speak, speak to what that is. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel for every single recruit out there because again, it can be a very different process per player, right? Like a a kid going to the big 10 might start their recruiting process sophomore year and it might be really heavy. They're already going on official visits X, Y, Z. And you're like, Holy cow. I haven't even like gone out and seen schools yet. Yeah. Right. Um, So I think every level is a little bit different. A place like NYU division three we're really recruiting the next year out a place like Maryland, you're recruiting like eighth graders already. Right. So (laughs) it can look a little bit different. Um, I think it's really important to, I guess, just be self-aware of where you think you're going to fit and be like, be open to talking to your AAU coach or talking to your high school coach, whoever that mentor is to you about, Hey, like, where do you see my level being right? Like, Growing up, I wanted to play at Maryland. That was like my dream. I'm like, hmm. I'm going to play Maryland. And then it's like, you're shot down. And you're like, okay, I got to be a little, <laughs> bit more, a little bit more realistic with myself. Um, and that's when I think the turning point was for me in my recruiting process. It's like, okay, I'm not going to Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. My best friend went to UVA. I'm not going to that level. So I need to be more realistic with myself so that I can find those schools that I fit into. Um, my recruiting process was really slow, really late in the game. Um, my offer from university of new Haven came after we won our high school championship game, my mm-hmm. senior year, like it was late yeah. and I was worried. And I had a few things that I was like considering, but I was like, I don't know, like I'm not in love with the schools that I visited so far. So I'm going to hold that a little longer. So it's, it's, it's really, really tough. Everybody's process again, looks different. I know that's not the best answer. Um, but again, I think trying to be realistic with yourself, um, coaches that are showing interest in you, right? That's, that's kind of a sign. It's like, okay, what level are they? What conference are they in? Let me look at that other, those other schools in that conference. If this coach is reaching out to me, maybe that's a level they seem at. And then, okay, I got an interest from a higher or a low D1. Okay. Maybe I'm right in that ballpark of like a, a low D1 or a high D2. It's really, really hard, especially, especially for parents that don't have that experience of going through this process. So I would, again, lean on those AAU coaches. That's what they're there for. Lean on your mentors, whoever that is, your high school coach or um, a player, you know, another player that's gone through the process or sibling, anything like that. Yeah, I think, I think, no, that's perfect. I think that's excellent advice too. And something for me to repeat is what coaches are interested in you. And like, that should be your guide to where Mm -hmm. you might be able to play. And it is a balance between maybe getting yourself out there, putting yourself out there and reaching out to coaches Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the co- the co- coaches who are coaching in college, every coach who's coaching in college is qualified on some level to assess talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when they're if you're thinking like you said, oh, I'm I'm going to play at Maryland, but you're getting like division two offers, maybe low D1 offers. 
it's like, oh, maybe I need to like self-reflect. Maybe that's a better fit. Yeah, and maybe exactly. that's exactly, and that's a better fit. And because it's it's kind of like you want to go where you're where you're wanted. And I also, Absolutely. if if you don't mind, I'd like you to speak on your personal experience of like working through that yourself. Like you wanted For to sure. play maybe at a higher level than you did, and not to say you didn't have a good experience at New Haven, but that wasn't maybe your initial choice and i feel like a lot of kids now are getting pressured it's like d1 or bust and and, yep. and yep. it's like there's so many other schools out there that could be a good fit so i mean could you speak a little bit to what you worked through mentally in your sure. own recruiting process yeah yeah i mean you know i grew up with my best friend we played au starting from six sixth grade i think and so we were always on that same track like we we played for the fairfax stars and then at some point i think it was around maybe ninth maybe yeah maybe around ninth grade it was like okay I could just see the difference. Right. I, I mm-hmm. just was like, okay, she's on a whole nother level than I am. Right. Like <laughs> I, I love her to death. Would love to go that same level, but I got to be realistic. Um, and so it was tough. Like at, at one point I, you know, switch AU teams. I'm like, okay, I could, I could stay on this team and not get any burn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then nobody's going to see me. So I needed to make a decision. It's like, okay, am I going to stay with my best friend and play on this team? Because it's a EYBL team and a lot of coaches are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter who's going to be there. If you're not on the court, you can cheer your ass off and that looks yeah. great. But like if <laughs> yeah. I'm not on the court, they're not recruiting me to be a cheerleader. Right. Right. Um, so then I had to make the switch to another AU team and I would encourage people like, and, and this might be something that might not, you know, every coach might not say, but like find the AU program that fits for you. Find that coach yeah. that's going to um, really, you know, be an advocate for you. It's okay to switch AU teams, right? It's not like you have to show a resume that shows you, you switch <laughs> AU teams yeah. twice, right? Right. If you switch 20 times, that's, that's something there because right. it kind of trends with like, okay, is it you not finding a right fit or is it, you know, vice versa? Um, so yeah, so that, that was a huge thing for me. It was like, okay, I could stay on this track and be on the best AU team, or I could bump down a level and see if I get more playing time, get more attention. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was really, really helpful for me. And as you know, like Milton Kimbrough was like my advocate, right? He's my mentor. Yeah. He he used to be the GLP, Germantown Lady Panthers coach. Um, and so when I made that switch, I knew it was the right fit. It was like, okay, I'm not with my best friend, but we're still playing at those same tournaments. I'm still getting that exposure that I need, but it's at that right level for me. And he helped me identify those those schools that were in the right range for me. Yeah. And I think that is also an excellent point of you also need to recognize the AAU coach and what they might be saying or doing. Cause I can, I can believe, cause he was the same way for me when I played for the Panthers. He called all of these schools. He was trying to, to, to get one, the GLP name out there, but also his main thing is like trying to get people into school get an yep. education and that's no matter what level it was and so if you're in an AU program where they might be preaching one thing and that may not fit how you feel or mm-hmm. maybe your skill level maybe it's time to reassess and then when you try to find another AU program i mean i would ask those coaches just like what do they do to help yep advocate for for those players because i mean as you mentioned too a lot of college coaches they lean on what AAU coaches and what high school coaches are saying. And if your AAU coach, your high school coach doesn't return phone calls, that's not a mm-hmm. good look either. And I don't know how yep. often that would happen to you at any of the schools that, that you worked for, but I mean, would that happen at all where they just wouldn't return calls? 
Oh gosh. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't run into that a whole time. There was definitely AU coaches that were a little harder to get a hold of and yeah. you just knew that. <laughs> yeah. So then you knew like, okay, if I'm at this tournament, I got to like run into this coach and talk to him in person, <laughs> yeah. which actually goes a lot further away anyways. Um, but yeah, there, there are coaches out there and you don't want to go to an AAU program where they only are pushing division one. Cause it's, if you're not in that range, it's like, okay, they're going to push, push, push. But that those coaches are never going to give you a look because that's just not the level you should be playing at. So right. Kimbrough, as as you said, it was like he he called coaches from every single level like, hey, check this kid out. Hey, mm-hmm. check this kid out. Um, so he did a really good job. And there's yeah. there's so many coaches out there that that pride themselves in like finding the right fit for those kids. And those coaches are, are huge. Right. They go a long way. They stay in your, you know in your phone book at the top, right? You're going to call those people first because they do a really good job of um, knowing where, co- where, where players should go. Yeah. I, yeah. This is now turned into the Germantown lady Panthers, Milton Kimbrough <laughs> podcast. So we need, to, right. we need to switch gears. <laughs> Shout out to Milton. Yeah. You're That's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so another thing, as I was doing research for this episode, interviewing you, it talked a little bit about like you were in charge of home visits at Maryland. Mm. And so that's something that we haven't really talked about at all on this podcast yet. Can you like, from your perspective, talk a little bit about like how a student athlete can best prepare for that home visit, kind of what to expect and all of that. Yeah. Meaning um, when the coaches are coming to their house. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I played a small part in it. I, I'm not going to say that I, you know, scheduled all those home visits and did every single <laughs> you thing. You were the it. one, you were the only yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say be yourself, right? Like those coaches, especially if they're scheduling a home visit to come to your place, that's huge that, you know, a lot of coaches talk about them. They don't happen very often. Those home visits are for players that, you know, like are, top, top, top of that depth chart. Like we got to get this kid. It's an extra touch point, right? Like we're going to be in Atlanta. Let's go meet with this recruit. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down with their families. It's just, and it's just a little bit more personal, right? Like it's not just, Hey, come to campus. You're doing all the work. You, you know, you're coming to us. It's like, no, we're going to make the effort on our end as a staff to come see you. Um, I don't think you need to really prepare yourself. It's a very informal Right. And I, I, I'm sure it's different at every single university, especially those big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at Maryland, like we had a presentation that we showed, you know, during those visits, but also we didn't always show that. Right. It wasn't like we're going through every single slide. It was like, OK, we're, we're sitting down with your family. We're sharing a meal. Um, we're seeing your bedroom. What you know, what decorations <laughs> you have. In your, we're getting to know you a little bit more than just right. like surface level. You came to see us. Um so, yeah, I, I don't think there's any like big preparation for those. Um, usually it's, it's really gets to know you more and your family more and for that staff to kind of impress you as a recruit. Um, so I would say, you know, take that, take the opportunity really seriously. If some, if a staff's coming to see your house and come to you, um, it's a huge, huge uh, sign that they're really, really interested. You're, you're top of that list, I would say. Yeah, that's. And that's good to know, too, because sometimes I feel like actions that coaches do, student athletes don't realize what that means. Mm-hmm. So so it's like, oh, no, I'm texting you every single week. I'm coming to your it's house huge. like that means a lot. And I don't know yeah. if 
that's always received in that same way because they just don't know. They might not know what that means. Yeah. So, but it sounds like that home visit is just like it's just a touch point. It's not necessarily an evaluation. Obviously, if something goes really wild, yeah. If there's like some crazy red some, flag, like, yeah, crazy. Unless there's like a yeah, if your dog crazy... like attacks the head yeah. coach or something, you're like, <laughs> but no, you don't need to like strap up and yeah. play like in your front yard, and, sh- and like, you're not going to go through like a individual, right? Um, no, they're very, I would say, for the most part, very informal and just getting to know each other a little bit better. So what what are some of those throughout the whole entire process? So not just to that point, maybe some like red flags, green flags that you might see from a recruit or their family. Oh, man. Um, I think for a place like MRU, um, we really emphasize being a great teammate, right? Like something that stood out to us is like, um, and I would say this probably for every single level, like how do you on the court, how do you warm up? right? You kind of just go through the motions or you actually like getting ready for every single game, right? Mm -hmm. Because those games you're playing three, four, five a day, but like, how are you getting, how are you prepping yourself for those games? Um, How do you look when you're not on the court? And then how do you look when you're on the court, right? Are you a good teammate? How do you react to um, a mistake, right? Those are all like little things that we look for. And I'm sure that's not just at NYU. I think it's everywhere because there's so many great players out there. Right. So you mm-hmm. have to find those little things that are going to set you apart. Um, and then I think off the court, what else do you do other than basketball? Right. Like again, every single kid we're, pl- we're seeing clearly plays basketball. It's like, but what else do you do? What else mm-hmm. are your hobbies? Right. Do you, did you start a club at your school? Did you, do you play another sport? Right. Do you help out in the community? Um, again, especially at a place like MIU, it's like, your resume is really important because NYU is a high academic. You got to stand out other than just playing basketball. Um, but I would say it's the same thing for other universities. It's like what sets you apart other than basketball. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of my little take there. Yeah. on kind of non-negotiables. Okay. Are there any red flags or things where it would make you kind of like second guess a kid? If there's like, let's say there's two on your chart that are like very similar What's something that could like tip the scale for one of one of them in their favor or maybe not in their favor? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess it would be maybe like communication, right? If a, if a you know, it's a, a give and take relationship, right? If you're one of my top recruits, recruits, I'm going to be reaching out to you a lot. I would love that, that back. Right. Yeah. I don't want you to be attached to your phone because I'm sure all these recruits are getting tons of texts and calls and emails and it's a lot, right. It can be overwhelming. So I don't, res- you know, expect a response five minutes later, every single time I reach out right. to you. But I think that might be um, a factor that we look at. It's like, who's showing interest back, right? Like, do I have a great relationship with that kid? Does she check in with me? Do I check in with her? Um, you know, I, I maybe that that's like kind of differential. I don't I don't know what else kind of stands out. Though. That's a tough tough question. But I would say communication through the whole process is is really important. Yeah, because I mean I mean people are so different, right? So it's it, it is I get it. It's like it's hard to say what could separate. And then yeah. I think it goes back to fit, right? Like what kid might fit in best with our system or our coaches or the team or even the campus totally. and and the overall community. So that I mean that is what makes this process so complicated is because there are just so many different factors to consider 
when when kids come on a visit official or unofficial you know overnight whatever it is mm-hmm. what like what are some things that they can do to stick out to the coaching staff like during that visit yeah I, and I, I especially on an official visit it's really hard to put yourself out there um, did you say official or unofficial official official an, okay. uh, official visit like an overnight visit or like a long stay um it can be a really uncomfortable situation right it's you and then it's the entire team yeah <laughs> um which is hard right um but i would say trying to get to know the teammates put yourself out there try to build those relationships with with the members of the team that you're going to play with right mm-hmm. as important it is is as it is to have a good relationship with the head coach or one of the assistants or whoever that is that kind of um, is your point person. It's just as important to have those relationships with the teammates, right? Because we always preach this. Don't choose a school just for the staff, right? Because right. just like people transfer coaches leave, right? Yeah. So choose a school that you would choose with or without basketball, because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know if the coaching staff's going to leave X, Y, Z, a lot of different things change. So choose a school, that you can see yourself playing basketball and loving the basketball program, but also loving everything else. Do you love the dorms? Do you love the academics? Do you love the teammates that you're going to be playing with? Because majority of your time is going to be everybody else, but the coaching staff, right? That's a small piece of it. And that's an important piece, but it's far from everything. It's probably Um, like 10% or less that you're going to spend with the coaches really. Exactly. Yeah. And then unofficial visits, um, I would say do a little bit of your homework, right? Like don't show up to a campus and know nothing about the conference or the school in general, or um, yeah, do a little bit of homework, even if it's, you know, 30 minutes, taking a look at the roster, taking a look at where you think you, you would fit on that depth chart, right? Like that's important. If a kid comes to campus and is like, Hey, I actually saw you were graduating three shooting guards next year. Um, I would love to fill that position. Like what would, you know, what are you guys looking to fill for this year? Right. What are those depth chart? What's your depth chart look like? What position are you trying to fill for my class? Um, and then, yeah, just, just coming with a little bit of, of background and research, I think is important. Ask a few questions, not too many, right. Don't come with like a book of like 60 questions, but <laughs> I think it is important to ask a few that, that um, just stick in the coach's mind that you did your research. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I think it go, that goes into effort. Like, did you, how much did you put in a little bit of effort? And it really just takes Absolutely. five minutes to look yeah. up like yeah. NYU and recognize a couple different things about totally. it that you can just kind of lean on. How much as a coaching staff, how much, and I guess this is specifically for like official visits, but how much does that player, like your players, current p- players on the team, how much do they influence like your thought on a potential student athlete, like based oh, on their interactions with them. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. We always have like a quick little debrief after the official visit. Like, hey, how, what'd you guys think? Right. Um, it's not the end all be all, right? But if they see a red flag, maybe it's something that we didn't notice as a staff, right? Like you're you're gonna be more comfortable or less comfortable with with the players, right? And they're going to get a little, maybe a little bit more out of you. And that's not a bad thing, right? That's what they're there for. They're going to get to know you and make sure that you're a right fit for the program on behalf of the coaching staff. Um, so yeah, if the coach, if the players come to us with a red flag, it's definitely taken into consideration. I would say it's not, you know, the make or break, but we definitely, you know, take their, take their um, 
feedback really, really importantly. Yeah. And that's not to say like, don't do anything or don't, you know, you have to be yourself because just if you don't get along with the people on the team, that's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on them. It just might not be a good fit. Absolutely. And sometimes that's, that's hard. And another theme of like some of the conversations I've had with coaches is like understanding the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's like coaches need to know you. And if they're still interested in knowing who you are, then that says a lot. Yep. You like, you don't want to hide yourself from them. Because then you're going to go to that school and then you're going to hate it. You know, it's like, okay, we maybe we could have figured this out if I was a little bit more myself or the coaches were a little bit more revealing during the recruiting process, right? Like, right. That's really, really important. You don't want to sugarcoat anything because it's it's just going to be harder for that relationship and harder once you, once you get to the school. You don't want to set expectations that you can't follow through with. And that's, I think, on both sides. Yeah. And it's, I mean, don't come in too hot, but like also just understand right that, that little balance right there as well. Um, so we talked a little bit about like the visits and stuff like that. What is your perspective on social media? Like what role does that play in the recruiting process? If, if any. Oof. Um, I don't, I don't think it plays a huge role. I think you mentioned red flags. If we see a red flag on Instagram, um, you know, maybe that'll sway us one way or the other. Um, so I would just be careful about what you're putting out there to the public, especially if, if your page is, is public, um, because that's a reflection of you, right? Like anything you put on social media, even if it's, if it's a like on Twitter or anything like that, or X or whatever the hell you want to call it these days, <laughs> it's a reflection of, of you, right? So just be careful about what you're putting out there. Um, but at the same time, like self-motivate or I mean, self, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-promote. Yeah. Yeah. Use that Instagram as I I was looking at an Instagram last night and there was videos on there. It was great. Like a couple clips I got to watch just on Instagram and it's not like Mm -hmm. a 20 minute video that I sent. It's a two minute, (laughs) just a couple clips that I get to watch on my phone. That's easy. So if you have that, if you have a link to your highlights on your Instagram page, I think that's cool too. Right a little blurb about you and then like a link to your, your highlights or something. That's pretty cool. If you can see that right on Instagram, right on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I really like that stuff too. Yeah. What, what is your thought? And again, this is Audrey's opinion, not every, uh-huh. not like <laughs> what you should or shouldn't do, but yeah. what is your thought on like kids posting about visits or offers that they get on oh, like Instagram or X or whatever? Um, I think it's gotten a little out of hand, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like uh, they're self-motivating, like self-promoting. And then there's just like a whole nother level mm-hmm. of like, I'm down to my eight schools. Here they yeah, are. Yeah. Um. So for me, and I, this might be an unpopular opinion, I, I think it's a little bit much. Um. But then at the same time, I do think it helps coaches to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um see what you're doing, see who you're getting recruited by. Like at NYU, if you took a visit to Yale or if you attended Columbia's camp, okay, that's great. Like she identifies high academic. She went and visited Columbia. She identifies New York city and the city environment. Um, so it's, it's, it's a give and take for sure. Like it can be helpful to the coaches in some degree. And then there's overkill a little bit of like, but obviously if you get a visit, if you get a, if you get an offer, that's something to celebrate. I'm not saying right. don't do that. Um, I just wouldn't like throw it in everybody's face, but, and, and honestly, like 
if a coach sees you got an offer from a within their conference, it might be like, oh, who is this kid? Maybe we need to go see him. When we missed on this kid, let's let's go make sure we're not missing out on something. So it can be helpful in some ways. And then others, it can be a little bit too much. Um, Do you think it could ever negatively impact the kid in their recruiting process? So like, for example, some, and I think, I wouldn't say this is more applicable to like D2 or D3, but I know that there were times when we would look at a kid and they might be posting all of these offers that they're getting from maybe these division two schools or these like JUCOs or something like that. And it's like, Oh, well, I don't know if that kid is even would be interested in us. So maybe we shouldn't even try to shoot our shot. Like, do you ever think that could happen or not as much? Um, yeah, it could definitely happen. Like, especially, I mean, especially at like a place like Maryland, right? If you're posting an offer from a D2 school, but you're trying like, and I'm Maryland, I'm like, okay, she's not good enough to play here. Right. And then right. vice versa. It's like, okay, she's posting an offer from a mid-major and I'm a D- division three school. That might be a little bit out of reach. Now mm-hmm. I'm not saying we don't, we don't recruit division one players and that's quote unquote, because, um, we do right at, at NYU. We, we, we recruit every level of kid, right? I'm recruiting the same kids I'm that I was recruiting at Stony Brook to NYU. And that's the level that we, that we recruit at, at a place like NYU. Um, but yeah, if I see like a kid got an offer from Duke, which has happened to me, I was recruiting a kid <laughs> at NYU and then she posted an offer from Duke and I'm like, Oh shit. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I reached a little bit too far on this. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't think it'll really hurt you, but it, it could, I guess it could, I, I could see that happening, I guess. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I honestly believe in this might be an unpopular opinion, but I believe that it's all about fit. So like there could be that Duke kid mm-hmm. that might maybe like high level division one just isn't what they want or it's not a good fit. Yeah. Maybe they would be better at like an NYU or yeah another school and it's like I just want people to know that that's okay it's like it's okay to say no I don't want to go to Maryland I don't want to go to Duke not to put those schools out there we've just been talking about them a lot (laughs) but it's like I want to go somewhere that might feel a little bit better absolutely and then just like live live your life I don't know and I've seen a shift in recent years and it's it's a kudos to the AAU coaches it's a kudos to the high school coaches um Kids that could exactly what you said could have played D one, but they're like, I value my academics as much as I value my athletics. Right? Like at some point, the basketball is going to start bouncing, and I know that's corny to say, but at some (laughs) point, it's like, okay, what'd you do with your degree? Right? Like, did you have a job experience? Did you have an internship experience during those four years, or did you just play basketball and then you graduate and you're like, holy cow, now what? Right? So. I really applaud those kids. And of course it, it benefits a place like MIU for kids that um, could have played division one, but see the value of an experience like MIU or an experience like, you know, a ton of other schools out there um, that take academics and athletics really, really seriously. And you can do both at a really high level and be really successful both when you're there and when you graduate. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, this this quote has stuck in my mind still, but it's like it's not a four year decision; it's a forty year decision. Absolutely. Yeah. So, let's say so a kid, NYU, great, you offer them, they agree to come, awesome. That transition piece from high school to college, it can be a very stressful process. What? Yeah. 
are some like proactive strategies that you recommend for athletes to excel academically and athletically? I mean, especially at a high academic institution like NYU. Yeah. Um, I would say give yourself some grace, right? Like it is a really, really hard transition. Um, and, and be patient, right? Like a lot of time you're going from being the big fish in a little pond to now being the little fish in a big pond, right? You get, you became, you were the best player on your high school team, you're the best player on your AAU team. And then you get to college and you're like, holy cow, this is going to be really, really tough. I got to prove myself all over again. Um, so give yourself time, right? I think a lot of times, and I'm not, I'm not knocking transferring, but I'm saying a lot of times players these days don't give give themselves that opportunity and that time to really invest in the program, right? They get there, they're not starting and they're like, oh, this must be the wrong fit, right? right. You went through that whole process. You, you know, you vetted all these schools. You made that choice for a reason. So give it a, a fair chance, right? It's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to, you know, for most of players, you're not going to be the starter from day one. You got to prove yourself again. You got to get in basketball shape at the college level. It's completely different from high school. Um, And a lot of people just kind of, I think, rush that first year. I think majority of players, and this might be unpopular, but I think majority of freshmen struggle. It's really, really hard. It's a transition. Um, Academics is different. Athletics is different. Um, you're away from home, right? Like all those things. So you got to give yourself some time and some grace and you got to give, you know, just that give, give yourself an opportunity to like get there. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I think ath- academically, especially at a place like NYU, it's really about time management. Um, it's really, really important. Like just setting that schedule, sticking to it, making sure, you know, you're going to be juggling a lot, like on the court, off the court, um, just getting yourself really, really organized um, and not getting behind early. I think it's really, really important. Um, so just kind of staying on schedule, both academically and athletically. Yeah. And especially, I mean, I think everybody should ask this question, but especially a high academic like that, I think it's important to ask even the coaching staff, like, how do you support your athletes academically? Huge. Like, what is the culture around academics on the team? Yeah. Because, and I know of when I was coaching at Shenandoah, we had a transfer come in, I think her third year. And I mean, she was not getting good grades at all. Like, yeah. potentially almost ineligible. She comes to the team and academics was a huge push for us. And she got like a 4.0 and it's like, okay, wow. So like the difference of like surrounding yourself with people yeah. who are like, let's go to the library. Let's do. Oh, absolutely. And those nerds, and those nerds are at NYU. They're like, <laughs> as soon as the, you know, six o'clock rolls, they're like, okay, we're, we're going to the library. Right. It's like, yeah. holy cow. I've never seen that before, but yeah. it's cool. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's part of that culture. Like, okay, you're going to high academic. Do they have a sports? It's, it's great to ask. Do you guys have study hall? We don't at a place like NYU. We started with it. And then we realized um, we weren't as smart. We would be no help in study <laughs> hall, like right. If you have a question with your, I mean, you have your... you have Google right there. They ask you a question, you just type chat it in, G- right? Chat GPT, <laughs> yeah. right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding to everybody. Don't use that. Don't use that crap. Um, yeah. So it is important. Like, what support do you have off the court as well? Is is huge. Yeah, and then on the court, if you if you were to tell an athlete just like one thing, one or two things that it's like, you need to focus on this from a basketball standpoint. So on the court, focus on these two things, the summer coming into 
your first year, what, what would they be? Um, strength is huge, right? Like again, even for division three, you're going to make that jump from high school to college. It's a whole different ball game, right? Like all these programs have strength and conditioning coaches and it's way different from going to gym class for 45 minutes in high school, right? Like, (laughs) so that strength piece is huge. We see kids come in and they get injured like a lot in their freshman year because their body just isn't used to that, um, endurance and, uh, physicality and the speed of college is just so different. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to mention, it's like you're 18 and you're playing against 20, 21, sometimes 22 years old. And it's just like, bodies are just so different. Yep. Yep. And then I would say the second thing, um, focus on the things that like, that you do really, really well, right. Don't try to like work on your, your, the thing you do poorly, right. Don't try to work on that so much before your freshman year. It's like you recruited again for a reason. Don't try to go outside the box, focus on, and you could have that conversation with the staff of like, Hey, where do you see me on the court? Right. Because I want to focus on that. Is it threes? Is it pull-ups? Is it driving to the rim? Is it a defensive stopper? And then focus on those things coming in because you don't want to focus on 25 different things. It's just not possible because then you're not going to get good at any one thing. Um, Focus on that one Avenue that you do really, really well, have that conversation with the coach of like, where do you see me? And then focus on that coming into that freshman year, I think is important. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because the coach recruited you for a reason. They're telling you exactly what they want from you. That is your Avenue to get on the court. It's like, yep. don't, don't think they're lying to you. Don't think that they're, they're trying to like trick you. It's like, it's no. the opposite. We're trying to be really, <laughs> yeah. really direct. Yeah. Like I recruited you <laughs> to play defense. So yeah. just play defense, right? That's, like That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And, and you will see the, floor. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't do other things, right? Like I want you to grow and you're going to grow. We're going to help you get there. But freshman yeah. year, like try to stick within that box, within those parameters, um, and be honest with yourself. If the coach is saying, I'm, I recruited you to play defense and that's not something that you want to do or see yourself being successful at, maybe that school's not the right fit for you. So yeah. have those conversations early on as, as possible. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. All good stuff. So we're we're almost out of time. Okay. So I have a, a, a couple questions that I ask everybody Okay. Um, that comes on the pod. So what what book or podcast would you recommend every incoming first year read before their first season begins and why? Um, so I've been following a guy on Instagram, Adam Grant. He's a he's a professor and psychologist at UPenn, um, but he has a book out. It's like a New York Times bestseller. I think it's called Think Again. Um, but I follow him on Instagram, just like a lot of, and the book is about like how people find motivation. Um, okay. So I, it's been like a recent follow that I had. I really like him. I don't know if it's it's the best book for an incoming freshman. Um, but I do really like the stuff that he puts out. I'm more of like follow things on Instagram and I'm more of a podcaster, but he also has a podcast as well. But I think the book is supposed to be pretty good. Cool. I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard of yeah, the guy. His, his name sounds familiar, but I, I don't I'm know. I'm sure if you've seen him on Instagram or yeah. Yeah. Somewhere like that. All right. So what is something about the recruiting process or even transition to college that you believe that other coaches might disagree with? I think we touched on a good amount of them again. Like I, I, I preach like don't choose a school based on just the staff or just Mm -hmm. one aspect. Um, You know, again, it's, it's a good, a big piece of your decision, but it's not everything. 
um, choose a school that you would go to with or without that basketball program, um, choose a school that you can, you know, excel academically, excel on the court, excel off the court. Um, and then I think the other that we kind of touched on is like, it's okay to change AU programs, right? Like, yeah, you don't have, it doesn't have to be a one track. I got to stick with this program from U12 all the way to U17, right? Like yeah, you can mix yeah. it up a little bit. Um, find that program that works for you and advocates for you and a coach that's going to advocate for you too. Yeah, that's great. And then any final words of wisdom? Ooh, um, I would just say like, enjoy the process. Right. And I think I'm sure a lot of coaches are going to say that it can be really, really stressful, but it also is like, it should be a really awesome time with your teammates, right? Like you're traveling, you're staying in hotels, you're going to all these nice restaurants and <laughs> hanging with your teammates, like enjoy those moments. Um, they're going to fly by and be gone. And then you're going to be in, in college and have those moments with those new, you know, new players and new staff and new, new experience. Um, but try to just enjoy that process. Cause it, it can be really stressful, but try to find those moments where it's like, I just get to be around my teammates because that's going to reflect when you play, right? Like yeah, if it's written true. all over your face that you're stressed and like it, you're not enjoying yourself, it, it shows on the court. I can tell when players are like, they're on that team, they're best friends with their teammates. Those are the players that stick out because they're having a good time. They're having fun. And we love those kids. We're like, oh my God, she's, she's awesome on the court, but she's also having fun at what she's doing because burnout happens, right? Yeah. So if you're not having fun playing basketball and if it's obvious, then that that's a red flag, right? So enjoy it, enjoy it. And have some fun out there. Yeah, basketball's fun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if anybody wants to learn more about NYU or anything like that, where what can they follow? What are your handles? Instagram, all that. Yeah, definitely reach um definitely follow us on Instagram. I think it's NYU Women's Hoops. Um top, you know, top 10 team right now in the country, which is awesome. So there you I'll, go. I'll throw plug, in a plug, plug right there. Here. Yeah. Plug it. <laughs> new facility, um, like $2.3 billion facility that just brand brand new open, brand new locker room, all that, all that jazz. Great academics, obviously. Um, so yeah, definitely follow us on Instagram, follow the staff. My Instagram's pretty boring. I have a baby now, so it's just baby <laughs> pictures, but I would say follow those other staff members, um, get to know us, but, um, Yeah. Audrey, thank you again for being here and thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Hoops Through Life, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. I know you won't want to miss any future episodes. And if you're looking for more specific advice based on your recruiting process, head over to hoopsthroughlife.com today and schedule a free 30-minute strategy session with me. That's H-O-O-P-S-T-H-R-O-U-G-H l-i-f-e dot c-o-m and if you have any questions for me or want me to ask our future guests any questions feel free to email l at hoopsthroughlife.com that's e-l at hoopsthroughlife.com thank you and have a great day